welcome to The Scoop About Poop. My name is Tamsin and this is my version of what I would call a normal podcast that I would tune into and learn from. I talk all things poopy in our lives, from gut health to Pilates and how to get over a crappy day using movement and mindset. I'm using this podcast as my way of sharing how I do life and I hope that you can scoop the poop and get your day moving. good fortnight and I thought I I think I'm going to start these podcasts again they're always going to change and evolve but I think I'm going to start them by saying the day because then I'll look back at it and go oh my god cute what was she thinking about so it is the 24th of September in 2020 I'm going to bring this one back today about an endoscopy style talk because it's been a big fortnight. So when you are a public patient in the system here in Australia, you can be on a waiting list. And unfortunately, the waiting list, depending on your category of what's you come in for your like your issues or your symptoms, it can be almost up to a year before you get seen by a surgeon or a gastroenterologist or a qualified health professional. So I work in the private sector and I have my whole career. Most of my placements as a nursing student were in the private sector and I love it because I feel like if you are a private paying customer, you are the type of person who I align myself with because you are choosing to take care of yourself. You're choosing to take that time to go and see a specialist. You know, I always say, how much would you pay for your health per week. And if you could put a number to that, most of us, I think if we said, oh, you know, per week, I'd spend $10 on my health. Or if I could have perfect health, I'd spend $50. Or if I could have perfect health, I'd spend $100, maybe $150. I think if we think of how much we would actually spend if money was no limit per week on our health, the majority of us would always say over $100. Because if that means that we could get anything and everything, you know, we would pay for that. So a private paying customer of the private healthcare system here in Australia, you know, you're looking at a couple of hundred dollars per week. Unfortunately, that's not realistic for a lot of us. And I, I only have private healthcare because if I don't, I get taxed a lot. And I've had private healthcare since I started my job because I'm in that next tax threshold. Yay gotta love tax but instead of me paying two thousand dollars it's just a tax bill I'll pay two thousand dollars over a year for private health care which again I may or may not use yes I do the dental and the physio and all that but I've probably only used my private health care a couple of times which is funny because I've actually been quite sick in the past and I am all for the public system. Let me tell you this. You get treated amazingly. Yes, there are horror stories, but I'm just going to take a little sip of water. Oh my God, delicious. Mm. But there is a, there is a lot of us average Australians who cannot afford to pay for private healthcare. So if you are on the waiting list, you might 
be there for at least a year, a year and a half, hopefully not more than two years, because my hospital is so lucky in the fact that we do, not like a deal, but we do a private to public partnership. And before the financial year ends, they need to look and see how many patients are left in the system. And if there is a backlog and there is the ability in, say, my private sector to be able to accommodate it, we will literally smash out all the leftover cases. And it takes time because a normal private paying patient might go and see their surgeon or their gastroenterologist once every two, three years to remove their polyps. And again, if you don't know what a lot of this terminology is, a lot of these podcasts I am making under half an hour so that you can learn it quickly because I believe in the more information you have, the more of a structured healthcare choice you might make. So when you have a private paying customer who is seeing their doctor once every two years, it's like the dentist. If you don't go to the dentist, you're going to get all that crap built up in the back of your teeth. But if you go and see them once every six months to a year, your appointments aren't as long, they aren't as sore, they aren't as tedious because you know, you're doing that regular healthcare checkup. So these patients who stay in the public system tend up tend to end up being the quite sick ones. So when I say at the end of the financial year, our um, private sector will try and smash them out, we get a certain amount of patients that we not are expected to do, but ideally we would like to get through so that the waiting list for the new financial year isn't as long. And it's actually about giving that patient a way to be seen so that they're not then waiting on the healthcare system because especially in something like gastroenterology if you don't see that surgeon and you don't have that polyp cut out that polyp can potentially grow into a massive cancer so then you're on the list instead of just having a quick half an hour colonoscopy you're on the table having a two and a half hour bowel resection then you're having chemo then you're having the aftercare like there is an array of healthcare services that get impacted when medical treatment is not taken. So I love this time of the year because it is our busiest time of the year. We are trying to do as many patients as we can in a way of making sure that all those patients then aren't on the waiting list. So we tend up doing big days, we do weekends, we do long nights and the best part about it is you leave with these patients feeling so grateful that they've actually now, A, had a chance to have their um, surgery done and B, that they've actually, you know, they've kind of got like a little complimentary upgrade. So instead of just having it in the public system, they've got it done in the private. There's a consultant surgeon doing their procedure. So quite often if you wait in the public, you might not have the top dog doctor. You might have like his third lackey down or what we say, you might have your registrar or your junior house officer or your medical house officer or whatever, whatever country you're listening to. Cause I know obviously I'm from South Africa. So a lot of you guys are South African. It might be your junior medical doctor that is doing the procedure as opposed to the actual consultant surgeon who's doing it. So it's like when you get that little upgrade and you get to get it done in the private, a lot of the time the patients are so grateful. And it's funny how we as nurses are so quick to judge. And I love when you talk about things as in terms of like a customer satisfaction score and a patient satisfaction score. And 
you know, we get these dips and troughs, especially at this time. And a lot of the times people will go, oh, well, you know, we didn't do such good. We didn't do so, so good this month. But that's because we had all the public patients. Oh, oh, I will tell you that the public patients are our most grateful patients because they're the ones that can't actually afford to be seeing their dentist every third week for their dental clean. They are the ones who have had to wait. They might be in pain. If you are on a waiting list for over a year thinking, oh my God, I might have a cancer growing inside me. I have been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And I know that these patients are so grateful to be with us. And I feel like the best part about it was last night. And the reason why I guess I'm going to say like the date or something before is last night I did a massive shift and I finished off and the last patient we were just waiting for his wife to come and pick him up and he was so incredibly grateful because he just had his follow-up scope so he'd had a scope two years ago he was only you know in his early 50s he had fa I have family history so his mom and dad both died of bowel cancer so that's very rare that both your mom and your dad's side would have that gene but you know you don't know who you're marrying and you know I mean like you don't know what your family history is when you fall in love with that person who you then end up marrying so the fact that this guy's mom and dad both died of bowel cancer in their early 60s and then he was diagnosed two years ago in his early 50s with bowel cancer he was telling me all of his stories about how he was so grateful to have now finally kicked it in the butt because when he woke up we were the ones that got to tell him that he did not officially have cancer anymore and he was so happy and the little surgeon and I had a little mini moment with him in the recovery lounge and it's so lovely to see someone's journey and obviously they don't always go that way and more often than not as in healthcare see the sad side of it and I think my own personal experience with it is one of trying to be so positive but knowing deep down that you're like fuck this shit I'm gonna die probably and you know who the fuck knows what's gonna happen in the future and I'm like oh my god you have just had your surgery you are now two years successfully cleared of cancer this poor bloke had a scope two years ago he got diagnosed he had to have a bowel resection he had to have a stoma bag he just had his stoma reversed two months ago and then yesterday he had his scope and his follow-up scope came back all clear so it's just a beautiful way to look at it and go oh my god there are so many success stories and I think sometimes we think of all of the sad stories and it's quite easy to reflect on the sad stories because the sad stories are the ones that give us the motivation to actually get our shit sorted. But it's amazing how good you feel when there's actually a good story. And I have been on the biggest high today. And it's so funny because I guess in my role, I'm in management and someone said to me today, oh my God, do you just go home and do you just like not want to talk to anyone? Because I've just watched you sit at the desk there and a thousand people have come to ask you questions and you've just literally gone bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, no, because I love this and it's amazing because I'm on the biggest high still from last night from seeing this guy so incredibly happy. So it's just a beautiful time to reflect and we're coming into spring and you know there are always the sad sides of the stories but I want us to think of the good ones and I want us to reflect and to know that 
you know, there is a beautiful healthcare system that we have in this country if you are here in Australia. And I know that in a lot of the countries as well, healthcare is just advancing so much. But my one question that I want to leave you with and to ponder on is if you had to put a price that you would pay per week to have your health looked after, what would that be? Would it be $10? Would it be $50? Would it be $100? $150? $500? How much would you spend per week? And then I would love for you to start going back and looking at what you are spending your money on. You know, right now we're spending money on Netflix. We're spending money on extra data because, you know, we're all at home a lot more on the internet. We might be spending, you know, money on random online shopping that, you know, we're you know, we're all at home at the moment, we're all trying to social distance, I hope, oh my god, if you are not socially distancing still, you need to keep doing this, because it's still something that we should be doing, (laughs) but, you know, what are you spending your money on per week, and not that this is going to become like a budget type, um, I was going to say seminar tonight, a webinar, a podcast episode, it's not going to become one of those, but I would love for you to just focus on what you are spending on each week and how much of that is actually going to your health and if you are someone who needs to have a scope I would urge you to go to see your GP and get them to refer you on to someone onto a gastroenterologist because I know where I am here in Australia on the Gold Coast to have roughly to have a gastroscopy and a colonoscopy including the hospital fee, including the anaesthetist fee, is around five to seven hundred dollars. Now that man yesterday was not a public patient. That man yesterday who had his scope was a private patient, but he went through the public for everything else. However, he knew that he would then be on the waiting list again to find out for his second scope. So he paid to have that done outright. And he's gone home going, oh my God, I did not have to be on a waiting list. I've been seen straight away. I am officially two years now and I am ready to go. So if you are someone who is experiencing symptoms, if you are someone who is experiencing anything that is not normal in your body, I would love for you to think how much you're spending in the week and can you afford to save between $500 to $700 to have a gastroscopy and a colonoscopy just to find out what's going on because peace of mind or to start that rehabilitation journey or to start the process of you just feeling actually mentally not in a head fuck the whole time to be like oh my god I think I've got cancer I think I'm gonna die what the hell is going on with my IBS oh my god I can't eat bread anymore I'm really sore in the tummy is it celiac you know There's just a lot going on at the moment and we all need to still be looking after ourselves. So I'll leave you with this question. If you could have all your health looked after, how much would you spend per week on your health? And then let me know, reach out. I'd love to have known if you want any, you know, some sort of semi, not advice, but if you want to reach out and have a chat to someone, I am here because I can only talk about my experiences and I can only talk with the knowledge that I have, but I always say you need to see your GP and your GP needs to refer you on to a gastroenterologist. And I'm going to leave it at that and now I'm going to go and 
just go get ready for the rest of the week and the rest of the day and we have a lot more public patients that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks so it's going to be busy and that's why I apologize my podcast did not come out on Sunday I have been hella busy but I will release this one today on the 24th and I will get another one up for you because we've got a lot to discuss and I'm loving the feedback I'm loving you guys just saying oh let's just talk about this let's talk about that I'd love your opinion on this and this is only my opinion it's not medical it's not scientific it's not you know professional (laughs) it's just me and I would love to share my journey with you so have a beautiful day chat soon bye thank you so much for pressing play and listening to that episode I hope you're leaving feeling inspired and motivated Don't forget to let me know if you've loved this episode and give a five-star review to let me know that I'm on track serving you and to help support this channel grow into a worldly dose of happiness, which is what I am all about. (laughs) Head over to the link in my bio on Instagram at Tamsin Pilates and you can get access to so many more resources, including access to my online happiness portal, the IVP Health Collective. So head over and add yourself into a circle of women who are moving mountains with their self-belief and find your own inner vision. All the show notes and links are provided and thank you so much. I love you all. Thank you for listening.